First Chronicles chapter 20. At the time of the return of the year, at the time when kings go out, Joab led out the army and wasted the country of the children of Ammon and came and besieged Rabbah. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Joab struck Rabbah and overthrew it. David took the crown of their king from off his head and found it to weigh a talent of gold. And there were precious stones in it. It was set on David's head, and he brought very much plunder out of the city. He brought out the people who were in it, and had them cut with saws, with iron pixes, and with axes. David did so to all the cities of the children of Ammon. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. After this, war arose at Giza with the Philistines. Then Sibekai the Hushathite killed Sipai of the sons of the giant, and they were subdued. Again there was war with the Philistines, and Elhanan the son of Jair killed Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. There was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature, who had twenty-four fingers and toes, six on each hand and six on each foot, and he also was born to the giant. When he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These were born to the giant in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. That was a short chapter, <laughs> just eight verses. It's the shortest chapter in the whole book, and um, which is really surprising because we're used to reading 20, 30, 40 verse long chapters, and it was just eight verses. Having said that, but when we get into the Psalms, we're gonna have quite a lot of shorter chapters and some long ones too. <laughs> so this chapter, it talks about um, when David uh, defeated the king of Ammon and put his crown on his head. The interesting thing about that was David didn't physically go and, and win that uh, victory. He sent Joab. He sent one of his soldiers to do it, who did it for him. And then in the second half of the chapter, it goes on to describe the defeating of all these giants, and David didn't kill any of them either. It was his men who did these things. So the writer of this chapter is trying to make the point that not only did David do great things, but his guys have done great things. And that's really, really important. And what's interesting here is that this chapter, if you, when we were going through the book of Samuel, this spot where David defeated the king of Ammon and David didn't go to the battle, that was actually when the Bathsheba thing happened. So that was a terrible chapter. Uh, first, yeah, 2 Samuel 11 and 12 was a terrible part of the book of Samuel. But here, it doesn't even mention it. Because the point isn't about what David did or didn't do. It's about what David's men do. And, um, but having said that, the man or the, the authors of the book of Chronicles, the chronicler, they're making a theological point here. And the point is that as everyone reads this, they know that David committed that terrible sin. And they realize, oh, this isn't mentioned. And they also realize that God's giving him the victory, but he didn't even do anything. David didn't even earn the victory. He, other people earned the victory. David didn't even do the right thing. He sinned, we all are aware of that. And yet here he is given the victory. And what we got here is a huge picture of grace at work. So the Lord gives us promises in scripture in the New Testament about us being overcomers in Christ, us having the victory, and we know darn well that we didn't do any of that. <laughs> we know the victory has come to us 
through others, through Jesus Christ, through what he has done for us. So it's a theological picture. But it's also a picture of what happens when someone stands up, like say King David, for example. It was years earlier that he killed Goliath, the giant from Gath. He was just a boy. He was younger than 20 when that happened. And now all the people that have been following him, now they're the ones killing giants. So in this, in this chapter, there's also other points being made. For example, if you're a spiritual leader, you're, you, you are to expect the people in your church to rise up and do the things you do and maybe even do them better. And so this chapter is just making a point that, you know, David was an example of someone that did what the Lord wanted, uh, you know, except in that one exception. He followed the Lord wholeheartedly. He defeated giants. And now people are following in his example and they're defeating giants too. David defeated one giant. His followers defeat many giants. And David is a picture of Jesus Christ and Christ defeated a giant too. He defeated the devil. He took a hold of the devil and he stripped him and he, he disempowered him. He humiliated him at Calvary. When Jesus went to the cross, he defeated a whopping big giant on our behalf. Thank God for that. But now you and I, we're supposed to defeat giants too. We're supposed to follow in the Lord's footsteps. And you might say to yourself, wow, I, I can't think of any giants <laughs> that I need to defeat. Well, I tell you what, the world is full of them. And if you go back to uh, when I was just a kid growing up, you know, uh, the world was very different to what it is now. You know, there was, Europe in particular was full of communism. There was a thing called the Iron Curtain. You know, Eastern Europe was locked down. You couldn't travel from the east to the west or not very easily. Um, Brother Andrew was going around the world and he was saying, oh, let's pray for Eastern Europe. Let's pray for the fall of the Iron Curtain. And you know what? Millions of Christians took up that prayer and all of a sudden one day in 996, that thing just cracked open like a nut and Eastern Europe was just changed. Well, what you got right there is a giant brought down by the prayers of God's people. It wasn't brought down by one person, but it was brought down by God's people. Following in the footsteps of Jesus, seeing the world change. Well, there are other giants like that. Well, we as God's people, we need to get on our knees, work together, and we're going to knock over some more giants. <laughs> so this chapter is encouraging. You know, David defeated a giant, set an example, and then all his people started doing it too. And Christ defeated a giant. He knocked the devil over, and now the world has been given to us. We're to have dominion. We're to serve him. We're to overcome principalities and powers. We're supposed to be people who have a good example, and we've got some giants to knock over as well. So thank God for that. We've got the ability. The Lord's given it to us. So Father, we think of some giants that are in the world today, and there's, there's probably a bunch of them, and um, you know things like terrorism, and, and there are other things as well, like cultural Marxism, and, and um, things that are affecting people, things that are stopping people from coming to Christ. Well, Lord, we pray that these giants would come down. Help us to be giant slayers, just as David was, just as Christ was. And Lord, help us to follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.